So I will begin with some prayers. Oma Jnana Timarandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shigurave Nama Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupagadamahyam Dadati Swapadantikam Nama Om Vishnupadaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Shrimate Bhaktivedanta Swamin Itinamine Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Paschatyadeshatarine Vancha Kalpatarubhyascha Kripasandubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namah Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shri Vasadi Gauramakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So I'm very happy to be here with all of you and uh, my thanks to Sugopi for inviting me to join you. Um, I understand that we are reading Bhagavad Gita chapter 2 and uh, you, if I remember right, said that we should begin with verse number 44. Is that right? Okay. So I will, um, I'll just read once through the Sanskrit, uh, Srila Prabhupada's translation, and there's a sh very short purport. Bhogaishvarya prasaktanam taya prahrita chetasam vyavasayatmika budhir samadau na vidiyate. In the minds of those who are too attached to sense enjoyment and material opulence and who are bewildered by such things, the resolute determination for devotional service to the Supreme Lord does not take place. And the purport, samadhi means fixed mind. The Vedic dictionary, the Nirukti, says, samyak adiyate smin atmatatva yatatmyam. When the mind is fixed for understanding the self, it is said to be in samadhi. Samadhi is never possible for persons interested in material sense enjoyment, nor for those who are bewildered by such temporary things. They are more or less condemned 
by the process of material energy. These are very strong words from Lord Bhagavan Sri Krishna uh, to uh, encourage us to take to the path of yoga, of course, ultimately bhakti yoga, but more generally yoga, uh, in a serious way. As you know, lots of people nowadays are doing some sort of yoga. It's become popular now. There are yoga studios. Uh, and even in China, where I'm sometimes visiting, I'm sometimes um, invited to yoga studios. And... This sort of yoga that people are practicing is only one small fraction, one small part of the, the, full, the full practice of yoga. We might say that from the beginning of Krishna's instruction to Arjuna, uh, from verse number 12 in this chapter. Krishna is speaking very straight. He is not, we say in English, mincing his words. To mince is to cut into very small portions <laughs> to make something easy to digest. He's not mincing his, his words. He's giving very straight instruction to Krishna, to Arjuna, and of course to us as well, as we are listening in on the conversation, uh, the dialogue between Krishna and Arjuna. So there are a few times in the Bhagavad Gita, this is one of them, where Krishna is speaking about disqualification for yoga. And this comes, you may remember, uh, just after Krishna has introduced A, a new term, a new kind of yoga, so to say. <clears throat> buddhi yoga. Krishna speaks about buddhi yoga in verse number 39. And basically he's going to be elaborating on this buddhi yoga for the rest of this chapter. Before verse number 39 especially verses, we can say, 12 through 30. Krishna is uh, very explicitly speaking on Sankhya. Sankhya in the sense of making the distinction between our real self, our eternal selves, and... <laughs> and that which we generally think we are, <laughs> our 
our physical bodies. He's saying very, again, very directly um, that what you think is yourself is not yourself. What you think is yourself is temporary, but you are not temporary. You are without beginning, without end. Nanjayate mriyate vakadachim nayam bhutva bhavitava nabhuya ajo nitya shashvato yang purano na hanyate hanyamane sharire. And in so many other ways, he's saying, there's a big difference <laughs> between our real selves and uh, that which we identify with as ourselves. So this kind of knowledge, this kind of understanding is not very popular. You will not find people um, eager to hear this. And why is it that people are not eager to hear this? Well, one reason is what Krishna is speaking in this verse number 44. Because most people want two things, boga and aishvarya. Um, we could say the whole the whole world is running after boga and aishvarya. Interesting now the circumstance of uh, our restrict restriction of activity. Uh, we are all very disturbed because uh, the nature of the soul is to be active to be free, and now we're all experiencing so much restriction. But the restriction is only of the body. And so we feel deprived of these two things, boga and aishvarya. The word Aishvarya, Sanskrit word, comes from Ishvar. Ishvara, of course, means Lord, Master. Can also mean controller. And Srila Prabhupada has explained that each and every one of us are little Ishvaras. because we each have some power of control. How much power of control? Well, that depends. Uh, if we have some influen influential uh, personality, our Ishvara might be, our power of control may be quite strong. Uh, politicians, of course, are eager to uh, to win our votes so that they can be in a position 
of being an Ishvara. And right now in the United States, my country, so-called my country, <laughs> there's a big contest going on. In a few days, <laughs> there will be a, an election. Uh, everyone wants, everyone wants that, they want that position because they want to be a controller. But how long can we be a controller with this body? <clears throat> uh, this material body that we have has a certain amount of power, and as we get older, up to a certain age, we may get some more power. And then after a certain age, that power begins to diminish, diminish, diminish. And then we become um, more and more helpless and we need more and more assistance from others. That is how much we are Ishvara. So, of course, we understand from Bhagavad Gita that there is one supreme Ishvara He is Parameshvara, Parameshvara, and his, his power, oops, I better turn that down, turn that off, his power is never reduced. In fact, Krishna's power is ever increasing. And similarly, Krishna's uh, ability to enjoy is never reduced, but our ability to enjoy is always reduced. Uh, yeah, if we just think about our ability to enjoy eating, we may have the best of uh, of meals prepared in the best possible way with the best quality ghee and the best quality spices and ingredients. <clears throat> but how much of that can we enjoy? We we can eat. Some, we can have some uh, small portion of all the different preparations, and that at some point we have to say, okay, that's enough. Unlike the Lord, who, as you know, also is present in this world, in Puri, as Lord Jagannath, as Lord of the Jagat, Lord of the universe, and he is offered every day chapan boga. Chapan bog. <clears throat> and again, here we have the word boga or bog, you say in Hindi, Sanskrit boga. Um, and he can eat all day long. <laughs> Uh, 
and therefore Krishna says at the end of chapter 5, Bhagavad Gita, Bhoktaram Yajnyatapasam Sarvaloka Maheshwaram. Oh, I have to turn it completely off. Sorry about this. WhatsApp, quit WhatsApp. Okay. Um, yes, Bhoktaram, Krishna says, I am the Bhoktri, I am the enjoyer of whatever is offered, whatever austerities we may do. And Sarvaloka, Maha Ishwaram, I am the Ishvara, not just Ishvara, but the Maha Ishvara, the great Ishvara, not just of not just of my uh, my sabji shop or my office or not even of the whole planet, Sarvaloka of all the all the planets, all the realms, all the worlds, Sarvaloka Maheshwaram. And then Krishna gives us a bonus. <laughs> In that verse, Suridam Sarvabhutanam. We all have, we all have friends. Uh, some of our friends are very close. We can call them Surit, uh, very dear friends. <clears throat> someone of the heart, someone who wishes the best for us. Mm. But how many friends do we have? Since, since I joined Facebook some time ago, I suddenly found that I have so many so-called friends, <laughs> people I've never met, but now we are friend, so-called friends. Okay. Anyway. But Krishna is Suhridam Sarvabhutanam. He is the well-wishing heart friend of all, all living beings, not even just humans, but all living beings. So we can't compete with the Supreme Lord, Bhagavan Sri Krishna. As long as we are trying to compete, Krishna is saying in this verse, Bhogaishvarya Prasaktanam, <clears throat> of those who are prasakta, who are very much grasping, trying to hold on uh, to uh, Boga and Aishvarya, <clears throat> they're He's saying there the the mentality, the chetas, the mentality, the consciousness of that person, of such persons is aparita. It's been um, it's been bewildered. It's become confused. Aparita, aparita means. Um, taken away 
literally. Taya aparita chetasam. And so he's saying, he's referring again, he's, he's calling attention because Krishna wants us to practice buddhi yoga, the yoga of discrimination. He's saying here, vyavasayatmika buddhi, that buddhi which is, um, which is a fixed determination, that kind of focus, uh, of attention, of intelligence, of discrimination, not vidyate, it's not going to happen as long as we hold on uh, to the attachments of this world. Now, this could be confusing. <laughs> We might feel, oh, then there's no hope for me uh, because I am so much after, after enjoyments of this world. Well, first of all, the fact that we listen seriously to what Krishna says means that we are on track uh, to eventually fully uh, imbibe, to fully imbibe uh, what Krishna is saying, to, to digest it. In classical um, Vedanta, there are, there's three different, there's three levels of uh, absorption of transcendental knowledge. Shravana, hearing, Mananam, reflecting, thinking about, and Nididhyasanam. Nididhyasanam means something like digesting. So, um, so this process we are taking part in as we hear Bhagavad Gita, as we read Bhagavad Gita, we're, we're opening ourselves to Krishna's message. Now, before I continue, I just want to make sure that um, reception is okay. Maybe I need to get some reassurance because I see many frozen screens what looks like frozen. Are we doing okay? Everything's okay? All right. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm not so familiar with this uh, Google system. So, okay. I just wanted to make sure I'm not speaking only to myself. <laughs> so what I think I'd like to do now is... Um, of course, I can proceed to discuss more, but I think we've made a couple of points. And now what I would suggest is uh, I open it up and maybe one or two of you would like to share some reflection that you have 
uh, on on these points, anything that we have talked about so far. Is that okay? We can then go back after we see if there's some discussion. So, yes. Yes. Um, when do we define the limit? Like, how do we define the limit that, of course, we have to survive properly? Yeah. And uh, we need a little bit of um, refreshment or recreation. Yes. So, what's what's the borderline, like beyond which we? <laughs> be yes. Well, this is a, it's a good question, and it's one that. Uh, Krishna is not specific about. He's not going to give us measurements. Um, sometimes Krishna will, he will say, for example, in chapter 6, he'll say one, uh, one who eats too much or sleeps too much or who eats too little or sleeps too little cannot be a yogi. And then naturally we want to ask, okay, so how much is too much and how much is too little of these things? And here is where we need, well, two things. One is, of course, in general, we get guidance from uh, from guru and also from sadhus, from teachers, uh, and they may help us. And we also get guidance from Chaitya Guru, as he's called, the Lord in the heart. And from the Lord in the heart, we, when we are honest with ourselves, then we come to know what is what is right, what is too much, what is not enough, and so on. Uh, so one of, the, one of the general themes of Bhagavad Gita is Krishna is urging us to find balance. He says yoga is about doing things in a balanced way. He says also in that's in chapter six. Yukta haraviharasya, yukta cheshtasya karmasu, yukta swapnava bodasya, yoga bhavati dukkha. We can become relieved from all dukkha, from all misery, if our eating is yukta. <laughs> And what does yukta mean? It, it's from the same root as the word yoga. It, but it comes to mean something like appropriate. If we eat appropriately, uh, and so on. And one of the two, yukta viharasya, Krishna also recognizes we need some recreation. We cannot be working all the time. We cannot be 
eating all the time. We can't be sleeping all the time. We also need some relaxation. So Krishna is really uh, saying it's about balance. And if we think about who is Krishna speaking to, he's speaking to Arjuna. And Arjuna is not a chagi, he's not a yati, a sannyasi, he's a grihasta, he is a warrior. So we would not expect Arjuna to be a big renunciant. And I would say Krishna also does not expect that of Arjuna. But what this, what this means for us is we have to, uh, it's a challenge for us to be honest with ourselves. And, well, it really means also that we are, um, we have to challenge ourselves to ask, uh, what, is, what do I actually need? What is necessary? And what is it that if I'm, Consuming The word boga has the sense of, you know, eating and so on, but it has a broader sense of consuming. What, what is the consequence of my consuming unnecessarily? So, of course... Um, <laughs> This can depend on many factors, and um, as in the in the grihasta ashram, it's expected there's a certain amount of uh, of comfort <laughs> uh, and a certain amount of we may say opulence, and so on, and. All of this can serve our purpose, our greater purpose uh, of practicing bhakti yoga. One thing that Krishna points out in this chapter, I think it's coming up in a few verses, uh, Krishna is speaking about the relationship of two things, peace, shanti, and happiness, sukham. And he says, how can there be happiness without peace? And what he's speaking about there is peace within the mind, but peace within the mind may also depend, uh, as long as we do identify with our material bodies, our material conditions, our social body, our relations, as much as we identify with that, we need to have a peaceful situation such that we can then focus our attention on Krishna. Uh, it's not helping our uh, bhakti yoga attention on uh, Krishna Seva to be always hungry, for example. 
because then what are we thinking about all day long? We're thinking, I'm very hungry. <laughs> and I'm speaking also in a broader sense, hunger, we, we have also, we have social needs, we have psychological needs. All these are there and they're recognized, Krishna recognizes them. Um, and at the same time, Krishna's warning us don't overdo it. He's saying, we have a saying in English, you cannot, you cannot dance at two different weddings at the same time. So there's, there's the material enjoyment wedding and there's the spiritual enjoyment wedding. And if we try to dance at both weddings, that's not going to work. That's, that's essentially what Krishna is saying. And he's using this word from classical yoga, uh, which will also come in the sixth chapter, the word samadhi. Samadhau, this is the locative form, in the controlled mind in the focused attention. Samadha, not vidyate, it will not happen. We're not going to be able to have the focus of mind uh, as long as our, you can say, our loyalties are split. So another way to put this is in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is... Uh, is telling us that uh, the practice of yoga is not, if you want to be successful, it, don't, don't take it just as a hobby. <laughs> it's not just something for when I feel like it. Uh, it's, it's more serious than that. And uh, although we may, we we naturally we will feel well. I'm, I'm not so. I mean, how can I, how can I commit myself to all of this? Krishna's speaking about. I have, I have my, uh, my duties, my social life, my obligations, uh, my work. I have so many things. Yes, and Krishna understands that. And therefore, in, in the next chapter, Krishna is going to speak about making a shift of consciousness without shifting what we're doing. So we may do all the things that we ordinarily do, but we... Um, we change, we have a transformation of the motivation for that activity, and that becomes yoga, becomes karma yoga, uh, and then all the other. Mm, there's different yogas, but they're not exactly different. They're different emphasis of the one same yoga, uh, and that one single yoga um, the followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu understand is bhakti, bhakti yoga. Is that okay?
Any other um, reflection? Obedience to you, Guru Maharaj. I have a question. Yes, please. To, uh, what you just spoke. Yes. Uh, so you were talking about the balance in life, and uh, earlier you also spoke about that how Krishna is all powerful, and similarly his name as well. So uh, I just wanted to ask that. Uh, uh, you know, whatever material activities that we do during the day. And when we try to focus our attention uh, on Krishna, so our mind starts wandering uh, around those material activities that we, we are performing or we, are, we have performed or we are yet to perform. Mm. And then when the mind starts wandering and we are trying to focus our attention, uh, it's quite uh, frustrating because then we feel, oh, watering so much i'm trying to reflect upon krishna but it's not happening so mm -hmm. uh, why is it not that because krishna's name is so powerful then why it cannot beat uh, the material energy which is uh, you know wandering our mind here and there ah yes this is the big question <clears throat> <clears throat> I would say the short answer is habit. <laughs> uh, we, we are habituated uh, to turn our attention to everything in the universe except Krishna. And uh, therefore, even when we attempt to turn our attention to Krishna uh, by chanting his name, mm, Still the mind wanders. The thing is, the chanting of Krishna's name, yes, Krishna's name is powerful, but it is not, um, it's not a mechanical thing. It's not that simply by inserting, just by plugging in Krishna's name, then uh, the mind will stop wandering. No, Krishna is a person, and when we are chanting, uh, we want to remember that we are calling to Krishna uh, for him to bless us, that we can remember him, uh, and, and uh, to, to not make any demands on Krishna, like, Okay, Krishna, now I'm chanting your names. Now you have to fix my mind. Rather, uh, uh, to take responsibility ourselves. And a, a, a good way to do this when we notice our minds are wandering is we can then direct a little prayer to the mind. You can say, my dear mind... <laughs> Uh, where are you going now and what is it that will um, uh, what is it about your distractions that you think will give you satisfaction uh, kindly return uh, to my practice of chanting Krishna's names so you're, you're saying this in a nice way my dear mind, you're not, you're not threatening your mind and yelling and screaming. <laughs> uh, 
but in a gentle way, gently but firmly, you say, whatever, my dear mind, whatever you are occupied with now, that's all right, but uh, let us now give attention to Krishna and other things we can attend to uh, at other times. Now, when we have various uh, duties which require a lot of attention, I mean, if, if you are, for example, doing your accounting, you have to pay attention to the numbers. Otherwise, uh, you know, it's not going to work. That's okay. Uh, so Krishna tells Arjuna that he should do two things at once. He, sh he should uh, remember Krishna and he should fight. So, yeah, we want to uh, cultivate that ability. That is, uh, that is a practice. Um, Krishna will speak in the uh, sixth chapter about that practice and detachment. Anyway, it's a big topic, but uh, these are a couple of points. So it looks like we have come to the end of the time. Oh. Oh yes. <laughs> yes, but I did I have to be honest, I didn't remember that you are a chartered accountant. <laughs> Yes, all right. If uh, if uh, it's not, it's rather late for you, I think. We are in celebration mood with you now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Multiple. Uh oh. Okay, you <clears throat> Yeah, this is a big topic. Uh this is described, I believe it's in the Taittiriya Upanishad, uh, where it's giving a a description. Uh it's it's something like the layers of an onion. Mm -hmm. As we see with an onion, there are so many layers. So similarly, 
this is one way of describing the uh, the material body, and mm, you mentioned that uh, the the physical body and the mind are different, uh, but in fact, the main difference is not between body and mind, but it is between body and self, atma, or jiva. Uh, and that is what Krishna is speaking about in the uh, first, in, in the, that section uh, of chapter 2, beginning with verse number 12. Uh, he's telling Arjuna that the body is perishable, the self, the atma, is not perishable. The, the mind is actually part of the body. It is sometimes called the uh, sukshma sharira, the subtle body. But in the uh, Taittiriya Upanishad, uh, this analogy is uh, calling attention that there are several layers and we can say the outermost layer is this annamaya, kosha. Kosha means something like layer. Annamaya, consisting of food, literally. So the physical body, we can say, is constituted of food. And the attention as uh, when we are first born, our reality is limited, practically speaking, exclusively to concern for food. And then as we grow, gradually our attention shifts. Uh, we become aware uh, on, a, on the mental level and then uh, there's the jnana and vijnana levels. And there are different ways that uh, those are translated in this context. Uh, but then the innermost level is no longer, it's not gross body, it's not subtle body, uh, it's the self. And that is the anandamaya. And we can say that's no longer a kosha, that's no longer a shell, that is the core, that is the substance. And it's that core which is in fact animating um, our mental bodies, our physical bodies on, on all, all different levels. So we can say yoga is about uh, directing the, our attention gradually more and more to this anandamaya kosha, which is, as it said, anandamaya. It is constituted of ananda, of bliss, of joy. Uh, the gross body and the subtle body, there is <clears throat> nirananda. There is limited happiness. Um, but on the Ananda platform, there is ever-expanding joy.
thank you. Uh, anyone else uh, having any questions? So I want to wish you all a very nice Ram Chandra Vijay Utsav. And also very nice um, festival uh, of, uh, of Durga Devi, if you are celebrating. <laughs> I think especially in Bengal, this is uh, what is happening, right? <laughs> yeah. So we... Yeah. So the Godiya Vaishnavas, we worship Durga Devi as uh, an expansion of Srimati Radharani. And so uh, we like to especially celebrate Radha and Krishna. Dashara. Anyway, this was very nice to be with you, and uh, we wish you all the best these coming days. You may be interested to know, you can mention, uh, everyone can know, there's, um, if you've heard, there's um, an institution called the Center for Soft Power. I think they're based uh, in Bengal uh, Bangalore, Bengaluru, and they have just posted an interview with myself about my book on cows. So you may want to look at that. Yes. Thank you so much for gracing the occasion, and it was lovely. Thank you. you. And hearing you. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you from all of us. Hare Krishna, Hare Bol. Thank you. All glories to Krishna Shri Maharaj. Hare Bol. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Hare Krishna.